0: Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20-minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity, and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. Welcome back. This is The Kelly Roach Show. Super excited to be here with Candy Valentino, who is the new leader in the entrepreneurial space teaching about building wealth the simple way. And she has a new book out. She's going to break down a little bit about what she teaches and how she learned the incredible lessons that she shares in the book. Candy, I'm really excited to have you on the show today.
1: Um, thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. I'm honored to be here.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've had an incredible entrepreneurial journey starting at 19 years old, building, selling, creating, exiting, and, you know, this journey obviously led you to this point of writing this book and, and doing the incredible charitable work, millions of dollars in charitable work that you've done. Um, let's dial the clock back a little bit to the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey and maybe share a little bit of the zigs and the zags and some of the biggest learnings that you went through um, from then until now.
1: Yeah. So, you know, the interesting thing was I feel like I've been an entrepreneur my entire life, you know, starting at like just six, seven, eight years old. I had little mm-hmm. small businesses. I had my own yeah. checking account. I was so proud to have my own checkbook yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but really led me to my first real business, as I call it, when I was 19. And, you know, the interesting thing that happened was at 19 years old, you know, most of my friends were out doing all kinds of fun things and, you know, had, partying it up and loving yeah. a life in college. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out how to make payroll and how to you know, do 941s. And, you know, I had a. I started with seven employees and a six-week run rate with an SBA loan. And so, some of the lessons that I've learned, obviously, we either learn from our mistakes or from mentors. It's the only way that we can learn. And so, all of my life has been through mistakes because the the mentor space really didn't come on because when I started, I had no money, no college degree, no corporate background, and there was no internet, not as we know it today. So, that space kind of came along much, much later. And I think one of the, the most interesting thing is with my journey, re- remembering that no matter where someone is right now, you have proof all around you that it can be done. If you yeah. want to learn more about money, if you want to invest, if you want to build a big company, like there is proof everywhere. A lot of times we get tripped up with the junk in our mind of, Oh my gosh, I'm I'm only this age, or I only have this experience, or I'm not connected, you know, how is this gonna work? But rather than that, I always just say flip the flip flip that script, ask a better question, you'll get a better answer. And there's proof all around us that it's doable and possible for you to.
0: I love that. And it's, it's so funny because it is all around us. And even, you know, now same as you, I started my business career, no internet, no live streaming, no social media. Right. And, you know, I feel like back then you, you really scrapped your way to any ounce of little itty bitty amount of success that you had. And now it's so interesting because everything's so accessible to us. That sometimes we forget, like, yeah, you're connected on the Internet in, you know, three degrees of separation to billionaires. Maybe you're even connected one degree to separation you know, to billionaires, it is all around us. But I think sometimes it's so easy, right? We have our phones, we have the social media, and we forget that, you know, you have to, you have to sometimes take a step back, I think, from the moment that you're in, um, in business and in life to remember the possibility and that whatever whatever situation you're in today, that's not a reflection of what you're capable of. It's just, it's a moment in time, right? And then what you decide to do with that moment in time is then what's going to lead to your next chapter. Right.
1: Yeah. And it's also important to remember, you know, a lot of those things you just talked about, those are all you're consuming information. And the challenging thing with information is, yes, there's a lot of it. Yes, it's free, but there's also a lot of misinformation. And that was the one thing I noticed coming out of, you know, real world business, as you call it, and coming into this like online space where you have, quote, I'm using air quotes, if this isn't on video, like, you know, gurus and thought leaders and entrepreneurs that are glorifying this journey of entrepreneurship. And I think what it does is, it, it gets people off on the wrong foot because they think, oh, well, this is supposed to be easy and fun and building a business is not. I mean, there's a lot of days that you don't get to do what you want to do, but you play the long game so that you can trade instant gratification for the things that you want to do now so that you can say yes to anything later. And so when I really kind of came on after the exit of my last company in 2019, and I started basically my Instagram in like 2020 and started sharing all the real hard principles of building wealth and building a business. People were like, wait a minute, this is totally different. Um, But I think it's the truth and the realness that people really want to hear. And so I think that's what's important for us to remember, too, is that it's possible, but also make sure you're getting the right information from the right sources.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I literally just recorded a podcast episode a couple of weeks ago called War Stories Versus Fairy Tales. And I talked about how our responsibility, my responsibility as a mentor is to actually share what it takes to be successful, not to glorify a fairy tale that no one is actually living. I I know everyone so badly wants to believe that and you want to consume things that make you feel good online. So you may spend more time following and absorbing those things versus people that are like hey listen like this is what it really takes this is how you're going to be successful but I couldn't agree more and I love hearing you say that we talk about that a lot on the show and it's funny that you said you know that you were so surprised because I I grew up in my career working for a fortune 500 and when I started in the online space I was flabbergasted I completely could not understand how the story that was being told had any relevance yes. to what it took you know when you and you know this you you've built multiple companies in multiple industries. I came from, um, you know, a a large corporation where I was running 17 locations. It doesn't matter what you're building, whether you're building something inside of someone else's organization, or whether you're building something of your own, um, you know, that that journey and that process and you, you mentioned the key thing there, the long game that's necessary, being so grounded in the vision and purpose of why is is so key. And I think that, you know, you have this like unconscious incompetence when you're starting where you're so optimistic and, you know, it feels easy and it feels exciting, but it's the follow through. And that happens at every stage. It's not just in the beginning, right? When it gets hard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So when was the moment for you that you decided that you really needed to put a stake in the ground around teaching the wealth habit side of things? I mean, obviously, you have a long and successful investing career, business career, etc. But tell me a little bit about how you merged into that space, what triggered that for you, and then we'll talk a little bit about the book.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I started my comp- first company when I was 19. I started investing in real estate at 20. So again, it's just something I've always done. It was yeah. nothing that I sought out to mm-hmm. teach, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times we have people that are either great teachers or they've built an audience doing some yeah. other thing and then they just try to teach entrepreneurship or investing. Yeah. The hardest part for me was actually figuring out how to teach what I've always done mm-hmm. and really break that down. That's That was the, the hardest part of writing the book. It's like, well, how do I explain this to someone because this is just what I do. But what I realized again was that it wasn't talked about. It was like money beliefs was regurgitated all over the place. It's like everyone read, you know, Secrets of a Millionaire Mind or Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and they just take these sound bites and regurgitate them. But the thing is with inspiration is it's fleeting. Like you can get inspired to do something, but it's what you do with it. It's like the idea to build a multimillion dollar company or the idea to build a multi million dollar worth isn't going to do anything for you. It's the implementation and execution of the idea yeah. that does. And so I thought, you know what? There's a lot of people talking about the inspiration that you need. How about we give people what they actually need? Because thinking get rich is only going to get you so far. You have yeah. to do to be wealthy. Yeah. So I really just started breaking down. Like, If I were to go back with all the knowledge that I have right now, wh- how would I explain it? What would I do knowing? Because you develop a lot of data when you do something for 25 years. Yeah. You know, and so you, you know, I've been through the tower attacks in nine eleven. Like I was in business and felt that insecure, you know, that uncertainty that happened in the yep. market. Two thousand eight, I was dealing with real estate. I understand the difference mm-hmm. of what I was maybe doing as opposed to somebody else who lost everything, and was foreclosed, and mm-hmm. so I, I really just tried to strip out and really reflect back. And yeah. I think the only time anyone can ever do that. So regardless who's listening, if you ever want to create something, you need to stop consuming. You know, podcasts, social media, those are all great things, but at some point you have to stop consuming more information Mm -hmm. and start creating the life that you want. And Mm -hmm. so I think this, this idea of always learning is so important, but I also think it's an escape mechanism. People get addicted to destination. I call it destination addiction in the book. It's like the next thing, the next level, the next group, the next podcast, as opposed to implementing what you've already learned. So. The thing that was important for me was to give people the information that isn't just a bunch of pump up and leave you like alone to try to figure it out on your own. But here's the very specific things that you should do to really create wealth and also to debunk a lot of the crap (laughs) I've heard since coming onto the online space. So I know a lot of people want to write a book. I didn't actually want to write a book. Mm -hmm. I was kind of pitched to write a book. Like it was one conversation that led to a multi-book deal. But it was more about giving the right information and making it available to everyone, regardless of where you grow up, what your family's from, your circumstance in life, like success and wealth is here for you too.
0: I've shared on many occasions that we get podcast sponsorship pitches every single week. And for years now, we've declined every single one of them. But recently, I came across an opportunity to share a resource, a team, and just an overall incredible human being with you that I felt was important to take action on. And today, I'm excited to have this episode sponsored by my friend, Heather Chauvin. Now, for each and every one of us, we know how much energy impacts our results, I know you want to feel energized, encouraged. You want to increase your self-trust. You want to feel all the afters, right? And so I am bringing to you a special resource today by Heather Chauvin, author of Dying to Be a Good Mother and the wildly popular podcast, Emotionally Uncomfortable, to bring you this episode. In order to feel all of those afters, first need to get clear on the before. So Heather has created an energy finder quiz, which is going to help you to identify where to focus so that you can conquer your energy leaks and step into becoming the best version of you. If you are ready to take back control of your time and your energy, you can go to Heatherchauvin.com forward slash Kelly. That's heatherschobin.com forward slash Kelly to take the quiz. And when you do, you're going to get some amazing resources that are going to help you to better leverage everything that you are learning and hearing here on the show and to step into that next version of you. So go ahead and take action now. What do you think are some of the biggest changes that we people will make after they read the book? Like, what, what are the behavior changes that you hope people will make after reading the book?
1: Mm, I think it's going to completely shift the way that they see money and how they create it. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting part, people think, you know, even in business, I see it in the entrepreneur space, people that are even doing millions in their business, and they're so focused on growth. They're focused Mm -hmm. on top line revenue. They're focused on earning more money, but they're Mm -hmm. not paying attention to keeping more of what they make. They're not paying attention to protecting what they have. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you'll see people be successful for a short period of time Mm -hmm. because... Actually, it's easy to make money in really good economies. It's easy to be successful in business for a few years. It's hard to sustain it. I mean, I think I know more people that build it and lost it than I do that have built it and sustained it over time. Because if you don't fix a few things in the beginning, it's inevitable because we don't learn these things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Epicuric family, like we're all either walking around with beliefs and thoughts about how we make money and keep money based on somebody else's opinion. So yeah. it starts with doing the work to decide what you want to think and feel and how you want to build wealth yeah. and realize that it's a choice. You don't have yeah. to take those old, yeah. those old thought processes with you. Yeah. And then from, from there, I really hope that they see, they see it as a complete shift in everything that they thought. Like, it's not just about what we earn. It's also how much we invest, how we invest it. It's what we save. And it's also what we contribute, you know, because a lot of times people talk about money and they're so focused on what you can get as opposed to what we can give. And, you know, and you mentioned earlier about the nonprofit, like that's something that's really important to me. We've saved thousands of animals' lives. We've helped thousands of at-risk youth. We've, you know, raised millions for the cause. And, that is to me what what creating wealth is all about. It's yeah. creating a rich life, not the accumulation, accumulation of a bunch of things. Yeah. And so, I just hope that people yeah. see it differently, but also see what's possible because it's yeah. truly possible for someone with no college degree, you know, two teenage parents that grew up in a trailer. And it just shows that It just, I just want people to understand that it's available for them too.
0: Yeah, no. And it's more available than ever. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm a a business strategist and, you know, I, I think you can probably relate on the flip side with wealth and it's the exact same thing. It's like those crucial lessons. I have people in my programs that have a Harvard MBA and they learn nothing in their Harvard MBA to help them to be successful in the real world of business, right? And the same thing goes for wealth. The things that, we're, that we learn organically or in school, they don't set us up for a successful life. And so you have to seek that. But I think that to some of what you shared earlier, there's a lot of consumption of feel good things that don't actually change anything, right? And I think this book is a really, really powerful tool for people because it's a little less of the, um, let me make you feel good. And it's a lot more of the, hey, I'm going to give you tools that you're going to Use for the rest of your life that are actually going to change the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I literally call it the No BS Playbook to building yeah. wealth. I yeah. mean, it's, it's no fluff, no sugar, but it it there's you know no smoke and mirror show going on. Yeah. But that's yeah. the that's that's the key. Like rather than people shying away from that, that's what you want to turn towards because wealth isn't some shiny magic bullet that you have to have some earth shattering idea or create the best invention. It's a lot of ordinary and, and often boring things that are done over time that play the long like that's what building wealth is all about. Like compound interest is your greatest friend. Like and it, it applies in business, it applies in wealth, it applies in relationships. And it's like those boring and and ordinary things are what's going to be the difference. You know, getting all pumped up and excited about building wealth isn't going to build anything. It's what you do with the information. So I really hope that people see it from a completely different standpoint of of anything else that they've ever heard before.
0: Yeah. And, and emphasizing the habits over time, like nothing can replace the habits over time. And, you know, I I find that so many times um, the lack of patience to allow things to materialize and grow slow and steady over time is what causes the constant start and stop. That prevents people from ever making any progress on anything, no matter what it is, right? So it, it's wealth, it's your business, it's it's any area of life. So I think that's that's really sage advice for sure. Um, you know, obviously, we're in a really interesting time right now. Um, you were a business leader in 2008 and, and 2009. And, you know, experienced all of that. Um, I was as well. What are some of the things that you're really thinking about right now, you know, with your business and with how you're making decisions and how you're approaching 2023, given what we know about the shifts that are happening economically, and what we're going to be facing in the next year?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And I like to give context because I hear a lot of, you know, money people, wealth building, wealth experts, whatever you want to call, it, like give a ton of information, but they're not contextualizing it of how it applies to the person that's listening. And every single person yeah. listening is in a different place in their journey. So I want to I want to have a couple caveats. What I'm about to tell you is coming from what I'm doing, because that's what you would ask. But I think it's important to know that I've done a lot of key things already yeah. that are enabling me to have these decisions. Like Mm -hmm. if somebody listening, if you have bad debt, if you have any debt on depreciating assets, cars, boat loans, credit card bills, payday checks, anything like that, you got to get rid of debt first. It's the greatest destroyer of your wealth. You can't go invest in any of these things I'm about to say if you have a bunch of debt out, if you have a bunch of bad debt because you can't invest, outspend, invest debt, it'll be the greatest destroyer. The second thing is when you're coming into any type of economic downturn, regardless if you're a business owner or not, you got to have money saved in a fallback fund. Because if something changes drastically in your life, it's about protecting what you have, not just about making more, right? Business and personal finance is super easy. Everything we talk about is either one of two functions. You either increase sales in business or decrease expenses. Like that's how you become more profitable. Simply said, in personal finances, you make more you spend less, that's it. It's like no flashy thing, like that's all we're doing. So we gotta make sure one, that your debt is under control and typically you use the rule of seven. Any any interest rate that's over seven is typically on bad debt. Anything that's less than that might be a business loan, school loans or your house, those are typically on at least assets. So we break all of that down in the book. After that, making sure that you have something liquid, which anytime you hear that term, it just means cash on hand. So if you come into problem, you have a a fallback fund that you can take care of your finances should you need to. Outside of that, we're going to assume everybody has that and you're ready to take the next step forward. Making sure that you are maximizing your tax savings. A lot of business owners leave this on the table making sure that you're doing whatever you can to reduce your taxes and take your earned income and invest it into passive and portfolio income so you pay less in tax. Once we've accomplished all of that, and we're also investing at least 20% of what we earn, now we can take a look and see, okay, I have the stage set. Now, what am I going to do in 2023? Because here's the thing, A lot of people are going to hear recession, economic downturn, uncertainty in the markets. And I want you to flip the script every time you hear that word. And I want you to think of opportunity. Oh, for sure. The reason it's so important to have your finances in order in good times is so that in bad times, not just that you survive, but that you have the ability to go all in and buy down as the market comes down into this dip. So for me, I can't get, I can't get assets liquid enough, fast enough because I want to have the ability to continue to buy down just like I did through COVID. You know, like, for example, COVID stocks, like every pandemic or issue is going to have a, uh, not every pandemic, thankfully, we've only had one of those, I think. But (laughs) every economic downturn is going to have a little bit of a different issue. There, it was like travel. So, so rather than focus on what the news media is trying to hit you with for clickbait, I want you to look through the story and see what you're missing. And so what I was seeing is, oh my gosh, everybody is stuck in their houses. That means everyone's going to fixate on everything in their house. They're not able to travel. So they're going to want to get a bigger house. We're yeah. flooding $3 trillion into the economy. So people are going to want to spend it because if they haven't developed wealth habits, they're just going to spend that money as soon as it comes to them. So what I was looking at is I know that Marriott's not going away. I know that American Airlines isn't going away. So I was buying down into that market so that when the pandemic was gone, everything would go back up to where it was. In this next turn of 2023 and what may or may not happen, what I'm looking at is the same thing. What are some recession-proof stocks? Big Pharma, Forty years of data. What goes up when things get more challenging? Prescription drugs, alcohol, utilities. People start to repair things instead of buying new. So those are all things that I'm looking for. I'm also looking for uncertainty in real estate. Anything below that, like four hundred and fifty thousand dollars range, that's where you're going to see some more like market instability. Yeah, but yeah. you have to have the the base. Built. You can't yeah. go try and hang the drapes on the house if you don't have the footers sure. in place, right? Yeah. So I think it's important for people to know that you're, you're not going to accomplish this in, in one sitting or in one day. But if you take the time to develop wealth habits, you will not only set yourself up now, but you'll set yourself up for generations to come. And it, it's really available. Um, you know, one of the, the things I always remind people is nothing that happens in the country's economy Will ever be more important than what happens in your own personal economy. So, so get so. your life together financially, so you can take advantage of this 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 time that's coming up in 2023, and you can capitalize it. This is where more millionaires will be made, more billionaires came out in 2020 than any other time in history, and it's gonna happen. The the middle class is literally evaporating. Like people are either going to come out more broke or they're going to be more rich. Like there will not be any staying the same in the middle of this. So what can you do now? That would be my question. What can you do now to set yourself up to create some wealth habits so that you can start maximizing the money that you make and have your money make more money so you don't have to continually trade time for money?
0: That's really yeah, nice so true. Oh my gosh, it's it's so good. I mean, what what you shared there is so incredibly valuable and the thought process behind it and you know, one other tip I'll just say like I just want to come back to something you said earlier which is a lot of business owners don't maximize their tax write offs because they're not working with people that specialize in working with high net worth individuals that actually understand tax strategy where you're taking this passive income you're you're reinvesting your active income you're putting it in you know these different things you don't get that from the average CPA. You're not going to get that. So you might need to spend double this year to change and go work with someone that is actually a specialist in helping people to do this, but you will get such a huge return on the strategy that comes with that, that you're going to apply year after year after year. So I just wanted to come back to that point for a second, Candy, because I do think that's something that gets missed a lot. And I think if you don't know, you just don't know. Like Like if you've never worked with, you know what I mean? Like you almost don't know what you're missing if you've never kind of saw what's behind that curtain. So I think that's really important just to add that note to what you were saying there.
1: Well, yeah. And I think, you know, people always measure what they're going to lose, right? So our brains are wired. We're measured on what we're going to lose. We have no comprehension of what we can gain. So people see, oh my gosh, it's $10,000 to work with a tax strategist. But you could have one. Just yes. one section yes. 179 deduction that was missed yeah. Yeah. that will pay for itself in spades. And I've worked yeah. with people doing millions of dollars. Like I actually, the very first TikTok I ever posted was on a really boring tax tip, which was then regurgitated all over everyone's TikTok over yeah. and over yeah. again. And it was about something I'd been doing since my early 20s because I happened to have a tax strategist the last yeah. 25 years. Yeah. And if you don't do that. You're leaving so much money on the table. And even one beyond that, even with the best tax strategist, if you have all of your money in earned income mm-hmm. and you're not investing it into yeah. di- diver- different diversification of different investments yeah. between real estate and stocks and, you know, maybe even coming into the recession, you want to have a conversation with, you know, about treasuries and mortgage-backed securities. And those are typically yeah. things that you don't talk about, but it's a nice way to just diversify when times are uncertain. Yes. You know, those are great conversations to have so that you're paying less as it goes. Yeah. I mean, that's really the name of the game. There's a minimum tax, minimum alternate tax. And I always say your number one goal should be for your tax strategist to say, well, we took so many deductions, we got hit with the minimum tax. Because yeah. that's, then you know that there's really no other way that you could have gotten any more deductions on your business income so you know that the very next strategy is through real estate or you know the 1031 exchange or all these other things that are available to people that most of the time they don't know about because how would you like there's not taught this we're talking about this we're taught the civil war and geometry (laughs) exactly what good's that doing us now like come on (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's so true oh my gosh no that's that's great well candy this is unbelievably valuable stuff I want everyone to go get the book wealth habits you can see it right behind candy there on her shoulder you guys go get a copy it is going to pay you back in spades and transformation for your life um candy what else do you want to invite people to do today anything anything you want to you have coming up or anything else you want to share with them
1: you know I just want to encourage this if if you're going to buy the book so If you just want to make a bunch of money and buy a bunch of things, don't buy the book because you're going to miss the whole point. But if you really want to change your financial future and your families, get the book, get the book. But beyond this, I want you to implement at least one thing. There's there's literally worksheets and things that you write and do. And so if you just consume the book, it's not going to change your life. What are you going to do with it? So that's my invitation is I don't care if you read one chapter or the whole thing. Just implement one of them. Um, and then of course, I'm all Candy Valentino all over Instagram, TikTok and candyvalentino.com. But, um, you know, and if, if it's inspiring you, give it to, you know, a child, gift it to someone that doesn't have financial literacy. We're doing a drive for the hundred worst schools in the country that don't provide financial literacy and their kids have the worst chance of getting to be successful in life based out of a lot of economic and racial factors. So we're doing a sponsorship where we're sponsoring schools. So if that's something that hits someone's heart to contribute to the holidays, that would be a great way to to pay it forward.
0: Absolutely. I love it. Candy, thanks so much for coming on the show today, for all the great work that you're doing, for the change that you're creating in the world. And good luck with everything as you build this movement of financially educated people, creating some wealth out there, right? That's right. Let's do it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you back here next week. Most business owners think that they have to work longer hours and add more complexity to their business in order to achieve seven or eight figures online. Well, after achieving eight-figure success and helping others to do the same, I'm here to tell you... It's not about complexity. It's certainly not about algorithms or fancy funnels that don't convert. In fact, there are simple strategies focused on human connection and really showing up, serving, teaching and making a difference for people that can help you to make big leaps in your business with just one simple strategy. So if you want to learn the key thing that my clients have used over and over again to produce six and seven figure leaps in their business, to cross the threshold of seven and even eight figures, click the link and come join me for the free workshop I have coming up. It's time to take back your time, enjoy some freedom, and finally step into the empowered and fulfilled CEO that you're meant to be. Click the link and I'll see you inside.